everyone, welcome to a special edition of Coronation Conversation podcast series with a focus on inheritance and wealth preservation. My name is Julia Peters. I'm the head of customer experience at Coronation Asset Management, and I am your host of today's episode. Stay tuned. Welcome again to a special edition of the Coronation Conversations podcast series. Our meet today, we have Ayomide Akikwade. He's the head of sales at Coronation Trustees. He has a decade of experience in security trading, wealth management, and trust advisory. And we'll be discussing today trust, wills, wealth, and investment management. We have a whole lot today. So let's start with estate planning. I know that estate planning is a word that many people may not be conversant with. So could you just Tell us what exactly is estate planning about and what are the benefits it presents to our audience. Thank you very much. I'm quite happy to be here to discuss um, these very pressing issues. Um, once again, welcome everyone to Coronation Conversations podcast. Uh, estate planning, uh, a lot of people confuse it for estate management and it's quite different. Estate planning essentially speaks to um, a consolidation of all that a person has acquired in their lifetime and a plan and structure to uh, transfer the same to loved ones or beneficiaries or the next generation, as the case may be. Uh, so estate planning essentially means that you put your house in order. Estate planning essentially means that you are putting up the right structure to ensure that you're transferring uh, your assets, uh, you're transferring your legacy, you're transferring your interests to your loved ones or beneficiaries or um, loved ones or, you know, charitable causes as well. Um, as much as possible, looking at the best tax um, efficient ways of doing it. So that's essentially what estate planning is. Thank you, Emily, for breaking that down for us. I believe a number of us listening now have a better understanding of what estate planning is. So tell us by extension, why is estate planning so important in today's world? So, um, estate planning is quite important because, um, as we all know, and as much as I, I, I believe that a lot of people don't like talking about these issues, there are certain constants in life, and one of such things or two of such things are change and debts. And because uh, there are laws of the land that speaks to how assets can be transferred from one person to another. It's important to look at structures that would ensure that there is a seamless transfer of these assets to loved ones. I mean, take for instance, um, in some jurisdictions around the world, there are tax percentages that are affixed to transferring of assets from yourself to loved ones. Um, in the United States, for instance, you have, depending on the region or the location, taxes, inheritance taxes as high as 45%, between 35 and 45% are same also in the United Kingdom. And in fact, quite interestingly, um, in the United States, if you own assets to a team of a billion dollars, upon debt, uh, the state will charge uh, your estates up to 80% as inheritance tax. I mean, issues around encumbrances and difficulty in, in the administration of um, assets upon debt uh, is also one of the issues that we look at. I mean, we must have heard at one point or the other uh, family members fighting over um, assets and properties. I mean, these are some of the issues that we, we see in our day-to-day -day lives. People going to courts to challenge validity of um, uh, estate planning documents like a will, for instance. These are some of the issues that we, 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 we see in our day-to-day -day lives. And of course, um, it's important to note that uh, to avoid all of these issues, it's um, 
it's expedient that you speak to a trust advisor, speak to an expert that can advise on the appropriate structure that can, you know, fits you or your family. Because really, uh, estate planning, unlike many other investments uh, products or many investment banking products, you will see that uh, estate planning is quite bespoke. Uh, it's bespoke because um, it takes into cognizance um, personal lifestyles, uh, takes into consideration your interests and uh, things that are concerned to you. For instance, some people, I've seen people uh, in their lifetime say to you that, oh, I've given my children and my loved ones all that they need to, to do well in life. Upon death, I want you to transfer all that I've acquired to charity and the most appropriate structure for you uh, regarding all of this. So thank you so much, Emily, for that extremely valuable and in-depth explanation of why estate planning is so important. So when you look at estate planning and all the so the industry, we keep hearing the three P's of estate planning. Could you share more light on what, what the three P's are? What's that about? Thank you very much, Chile. Um, The three P's essentially are uh, protection, provision, preservation, and growth, right? Uh, protection essentially speaks to uh, protecting all that you have in your lifetime so that you can, you know, transfer to, to those that matter to you. Uh, protection is essential because in, in our day and world, there are a lot of things that can actually uh, take away all that you have acquired in your lifetime if proper structures are not put in place. Um, essentially also speaks to, I mean, I, I initially talked about tax. Tax is also an issue that um, is quite important, especially if you are a person that owns um, properties or assets in multiple jurisdictions. Jurisdiction essentially means place or state. So, um Maybe you live in Lagos, you have properties in this Kano, in Zaria, in Jewos, in the East, uh, even outside Nigeria. There are tax implications that might be different from one jurisdiction to the other. Uh, so it's it's important that you look at um, how to protect uh, what you have acquired over your lifetime. I also spoke earlier on about family issues. I've seen issues, instances where you will find that the patriarch or the matriarch is, is no more and then people that should ordinarily not be you know, accessories to or beneficiaries to the estate of a person would come around as extended family members and deprive uh, you know, uh, the, the real beneficiaries of their uh, of access to, to the estate. And the way the law works is that once there is a controversy or there is, there is uh, uh, an individual or persons contesting the validity of um, the things that you have written down as as objective, uh, your, your transfer objectives, um, the cause might actually order that all those assets be put in a stay in place where people will not be able to, I mean, beneficiaries of that estate will not be able to ac access um, the estate. So it's important that you see an estate plan as one uh, way of protecting all that you have in your lifestyle. The other line is provision. Uh, a properly structured estate planning tool ensures that the needs of your loved ones are met financially, even in your absence. And this is quite important because um, a lot of times, and of course, by the explanation I've given so far, you might be thinking that estate planning is only useful upon debt. Now, this is quite a myth that um, we are going to be uh, 
been talking about and then disproving in the course of this podcast. Um, estate planning is not only about that. Estate planning is also a tool that you can use while in your lifetime. And um, interestingly, there's a there's an estate planning tool that we commonly use for this. I mean, uh, people know that uh, a will is a document that that can only be enforced upon the death of a testator. Testator being the person that's actually written uh, the will and and has given instruction as to how those properties should be distributed to loved ones. Um, the trust, on the other hand, uh, comes from the Latin word intervivo, which means a living a living thing, a living trust, right? Uh, a, and it essentially means that this is a document that allows you while in your lifetime to transfer uh, uh, titles, transfer interests, transfer assets, transfer investments uh, to loved ones while you're alive. It essentially means also that you can use this to, uh, for instance, to plan for the education of your loved ones uh, while you're alive. And so what it means uh, essentially is that me really thinking that, okay, I can do all of that while I'm alive. Again, you have to also put into consideration that um, these plans outlive the person that has set it up. So while you're alive, you set up the structure. It means that it can run its course for about 100 years. The lifetime of the trust is about 100 years. So if anything, you know, God forbid happens to you, you are able to carry out your day-to-day duties or responsibilities, or there is a loss of job, or there is a, there is a life-threatening disease or sickness that's not that's ampered um, the, the family source of income and all of that. The trust continues to run. So it means that the lifestyle that you are used to, the lifestyle that your loved ones are used to, the kind of schools that, do, that you would have loved for them to go through for the rest of your life, they are still able to, uh, to achieve all of that. And in fact, it also gives you the room to be able to plan your investments, right? Such that um, they keep growing while they are still in the trust. Um, it also helps you to consolidate those assets such that, I mean, you give the responsibility to a trustee to manage those assets for you, to ensure that the education of your kids or grandkids are well taken care of. They're able to attend the schools, uh, particular schools that you, you have mentioned in the trustee. Um, for some people, you find structures where the settler of the trust that being you set up structures that enable them to set up the trust structure such, in such a way that um, as the person finishes from school, there is a grant given to the person to continue to uh, to, to start out life such that uh, the person has a soft landing in the future. I mean, in the, all of this is put in place, it ensures that uh, there are no issues even if death does occur. Uh, the beautiful part of this, for instance, again, is, is the fact that unlike a wheel where it has to pass through probates, registry, and pass through all of the administrative processes that can be quite troubling, um, this doesn't happen in this case where a trust is set up. It just continues to run its course. Uh, it doesn't pass through courts, public registry, and it's not easily contestable, unlike oil. So yes, uh, preservation and growth is an essential, a uh, provision rather, is an essential part of um, uh, the conversation. And the last one is preservation and growth. Uh, your assets are only distributed or managed. They can also be grown into significant proportions that spine to future generations. It ensures that your wishes and legacies are preserved. So it's very important to, to also note while you are setting up your structures that you're looking at how your assets can grow, how they are properly managed and administered, uh, when, you, when you have all of those assets uh, properly managed by experts for you. They are able to give you the best advice on investment, on tax, and of course, look out for you to ensure that your assets are growing and you do not have uh, any incumbrances that can impair into your estate or the 
integrity of your assets uh, base. So yes, that's essentially what the three P's about. So if you're listening, remember one, protect that which is most precious to you, two, provide for your loved ones and ensure that they are well taken care of even in your absence. And number three, and ensure that your wealth is preserved. Okay, I know that we've discussed estate planning and the importance. And there's even a high profile case that I knew about some years ago we were talking about of our well beloved Black Panther who passed away sadly. However, he didn't do the necessary things he should have and his estate also properly planned. I mean, how can our listeners prevent such a thing from happening? Thank you very much, Nay. Um, and this is a very important um, case scenario because a lot of times you, you, you would expect certain individuals to be well knowledgeable about the importance of estate planning and uh, you would expect, ordinarily expect that they would have put their house in order long before eventuality of course. And this is quite uh, a sad story, a sad story of childhood boss brands estate, which was worth nearly $4 million at the state. Uh, but his family lost $900,000 to lawyers uh, on fees and of course the probate courts just because he did not have a will, right? Um, so these are some of the issues around uh, protection, protecting your estate so that um, it doesn't go into waste wastages or you don't have um, issues around uh, legal fees and probate fees taking a large chunk of your estate away. Uh, and of course, putting loved ones that are already in the, in the mood of uh, uh, mourning. So actually still further going to uh, mental uh, troubles of trying to get legal fees. I'll give you a very simple and practical example. Uh, take for instance, a person that bought a plot of land sometime around 2000, 2001 at Banana Island for uh, Let's say the person bought it for, I mean, the price at the point at that time was about 500000 to 700000 to a millionaire, right? Um, that plot of land today might, might be valued at a billionaire. Uh, if the person dies, uh, it means, uh, I'm, of course, I don't write a will or not anyway. If the person dies, um, the, the probate courts, which uh, decided the responsibility to handle inheritance matters within the country, would actually value that estate at a billion dollars. I would expect that the beneficiaries or the executors of the will, uh, administrators as the case may be, to pay 10% of that value. So it means that you'll be paying 100 million to the state to be able to access that property. So it's important that, oh, you talk to a trust advisor because this can be avoided. Uh, I mean, assets that are placed in the trust within the Nigerian jurisdiction, as it is today, uh, are not taxed uh, or common transfer to loved uh, ones. So if that same asset is placed in the trust, uh, it gives you the ease of access, it gives you the ease of transfer. You're not, that asset will not you know, go through probate registry. Uh, it means that you won't be paying probate fees or entrance fees on those assets. It will go seamlessly to your loved ones. Um, and the trustee, of course, is, is of course an institution that is known mainly for his study of duties in the judiciary capacity uh, means that you are rest assured that you would you know, serve your interest to the letter as you have instructed uh, in the trust deed. Uh, trust deed is the legal document that binds uh, the three parties to the arrangement, the living trust I talked about earlier on. You have the set law, which is you setting up the trust. You have the beneficiaries, the people that would enjoy the benefits of 
the trust base set up. And of course, you have the trustee who, who is the umpire that would handle and manage the entire structure uh, and arrangement. So, I mean, we've given an example of um, a, bad, a bad case scenario, uh, Chine. There is one that comes to mind, the Michael Jackson case, um, where before his last concert, uh, he approached a bank and asked the bank to give him a loan. Uh, an advance uh, to be able to fund that concert. And of course, being Michael Jackson, the banks gave him those loans um, uh, based on personal recognition without a collateral. Uh, unfortunately, he died before the concert happened and the banks went to court to see if they could get uh, back their funds or sell some of his properties to be able to recoup uh, the value of the loan that was disposed to him. Unfortunately for them, uh, the assets that were legal claims on were presented to the court and the judge advised the banks that these properties are not the properties or assets of Michael Jackson, but the assets of Michael Jackson trusts. Again, this explains to us that in, in the sight of the law, the law sees assets that are in the trust as different entities from those that are set up the trust. Just like you have the corporate personality a rule that states essentially that the proposals of the company are different from the company itself. So it is also with the setting up of a trust. The law sees the trust as a different personality from those that set it up. And essentially, it's because uh, the trust can come with different objectives. It will come as an objective to just fund the education of loved ones. It will come with the objective of, uh, you know, setting up charitable courses for scholarships, for instance, giving monies to people that are less privileged in society. Uh, it could be that you're setting up the trust to give something back to your school as an alumni, right? It could also come as an arrangement of saying, which is essentially just from my family. So the objective will speak to, you know, how the trust will be handled. Again, these are some of the issues, um, you know, that we can discuss and the reasons why the law sees the trust as a different personality because setting up the trust or now it doesn't mean that you have the of the trust. However, I must say at this point also that setting up the trust uh, does not mean you cannot be a beneficiary as well. You can be a first beneficiary while your loved ones are second beneficiary. So it means yourself and your loved ones can be beneficiaries of a trust. So the trust can at the same time cater for the education of your kids, cater for welfare of the family, cater for welfare of even your aged parents. Uh, you can take care of hospital bills. Uh, you can use it to set up structures that will ensure that your business interests uh, are taken care of by the trustee upon debt. Uh, you can give futuristic instructions as to things that the trustee should do, you know, if your capacity happens or uh, if uh, debt does occur. These are some of the issues that are, that are quite uh, interesting to note while talking about estate planning. And I can tell you that uh, these are estate plan planning structures that can help you to ensure that you are protected, your loved ones are protected, your interests are protected, and you find uh, peace uh, seeing that all that you have worked for does not go to waste. Thank you so much, Ayomide. We've spoken a lot around trust. However, I'm sure our audience are more conversant with wills. And some may be wondering, are they the same? Are they different? Could you just expand on that? Are trust and wills the same or are they different? And if they are different, what is the difference? Thank you very much. Uh, very important uh, question. Um, wills... Like I said earlier, a will is a document that highlights the instructions of a testator around bequeathing of assets upon debts. So the very, very lining difference between a will and a trust is that a will is only enforced, can only be enforced upon debts, while the trust can actually be you know, accessed during your lifetime. 
So we'll um, has a lot of limitations. Uh, the will, for instance, can be easily contested in court. Uh, anyone can pick up the documents and find some faults and go to court to challenge the validity of the documents. There are a lot of issues that one can, uh, anyone can pick up on. I mean, uh, a person can go to court and say the person, uh, the testator of that estate, that's the person writing that wrote the will, uh, actually wrote the will at the time that he or she was not of the right frame of mind, right? Uh, and that is actually a very valid reason for a court to actually uh, dismiss the claim of, uh, of beneficiaries to to the will, right? Another issue with it is that it's, it becomes a public document upon death because uh, during the reading of the will, it can be read to in an open court, um, unlike a trust that is an extremely private document that cannot be read in open courts, one of the duties and responsibilities of a trustee to the beneficiaries and the settlers to ensure that there is utmost uh, confidentiality and privacy around the structure that's been set up. So um, another issue with a will, one of the demerits of a will is that uh, it passes through probate courts. Probate registries are departments within the courts, the state high courts that are set up to handle inheritance matters. And one of the things they do is to ensure that they are able to account for all the assets that a person has had in his lifetime and value it and then, of course, charge appropriate tra- taxes uh, to those assets. So. You be paying a lot of monies to the government, uh, or your beneficiaries be paying a lot of money, or your estate will be paying a lot of monies to um, to the state upon demise if you do if you need to a will. I mean, there is a popular case in Nigeria. Um, I would also not mention the name of the estate, but if you're conversant with, uh, you might be conversant with this story. Not even the polygamous family. I mean, it's it's the uh, same father, same mother, and the. When a man died, also a senior advocate of Nigeria, when the man died, uh, the children came together with the assumption that the man did not try to will and agreed on how they would, you know, divide the properties. I mean, at least amongst themselves. Unfortunately, for some of them, the will was found, and uh, the way it works is that the will definitely would supersede over whatever arrangements they've had uh, between themselves. So, uh, unfortunately, because. Um, the will did not reflect the expectations of some of the children uh, for some of them that the will did not favor actually took the matter to court. And the matter got to Supreme Court. So you can imagine the process of the matter going from possibly the state high court all the way to the Supreme Court. Same father, same mother, accomplished children fighting over the properties of a man that has died long ago. I happened to handle a, uh, an estate of a man that died in 1966. It's quite a very funny scenario that um, the court had to ask a trustee to step in. The man died in 1966, quite wealthy, quite accomplished in his career. Unfortunately, uh, because it's, it's a polygamous family, the family did not agree on the distribution and there was so much rapport within the family and we took the matter to court. Uh, they fought for decades. The grandchildren have inherited the issues and are also fighting over same properties. Some of those properties have been locked up for decades with no one being able to access those properties. So these are some of the limitations of just writing a will. Writing a will is not enough. And I'm, I'm bold to say to you that these are departments within the courts, the state high courts that are set up to handle inheritance matters. And one of the things they do is to ensure that they are able to account for all the assets that a person has had in his lifetime and value it and then, of course, charge appropriate tra- taxes uh, to those assets. So 
you'll be paying a lot of monies to the government uh, or your beneficiaries will be paying a lot of money or your estates will be paying a lot of monies to um to the states upon demands if you do if you need wrote a will. I happen to handle a, uh, an estate of a man that died in 1966. It's quite a very funny scenario that um, the court had to ask a trustee to step in. The man died in 1966, quite wealthy, quite accomplished in his career. Unfortunately, uh, because it's it's a polygamous family, the family did not agree on the distribution and there was so much rapport within the family and they took the matter to court. Uh, they fought for decades. The grandchildren have inherited the issues and are also fighting over same properties. Some of those properties have been locked up for decades with no one being able to access those properties. So these are some of the limitations of just writing a will. Writing a will is not enough. And I'm, I'm bold to say to you that this is also a reason why I've been emphasizing the need to speak to a trust advisor. It's, it's experience is very, very important that you speak to a trust advisor so the trust advisor can, having looked through your estate or your asset base, advise what is most appropriate for you is it is it that you need to write a will and also have a trust or only need a trust and you don't need a will right i mean in some instances you find uh conversations especially for middle age people that are still very active in their careers and are just starting to you know uh buy properties and all of that for instance if i talk to persons like that and um, i'm able to ask you know, look at their asset inventory i may be able to advise that they do a trust because they're only just starting out and for people that have long you know uh, you know gotten a lot of properties that are already titled in their names i wouldn't want to look at those documents and then see do we need to set up just a trust or we need to set up uh, a trust and then still write a will. We need to set up a will and then insert a testamentary mandate so that a trust can be created in future. You know, these are some of the technical details that uh, a layman might not be able to address. And uh, for some people also, because um, in legal practice, they have specialty. So it's not every lawyer, for instance, that is uh, an expert in this in this matter. But there is this uh, public perception that a lawyer can just draft a will for you and everything is fine. Uh, this might not be the case in some instances. So I advise that you speak to an expert, somebody that is that has experience and is an expert in these matters. Thank you. Thank you, Amy It's been great having you on our show. And I'm sure our listeners have been able to learn a thing or two about players, trust, wealth management, and transfer. So for those listening that would like to follow up on this topic, how can we reach out to you? Um, you can reach out to us uh, by sending an email to trustees at coronationnt.com or you could send uh, an email to me personally as A Akinkwade, Akinkwade spelled A-K-I-N-K-U-A-D at coronationnt.com or you could um, call or send the message to 070-5529-4460. Thank you. Thank you, Ayabine, for your time. Thank you to everyone for listening. Do well to look out for the next episode of Coronation Conversation Podcast Series. Share our series across your network. Also, connect with us on coronation.ng for more insights. Until next time, stay safe, keep well. Mm-hmm.